Why, hello there. This is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help Captain P-Funk finally afford that Merlot broham he's been wanting. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to Highscore510. Have you gentlemen talked about the discrepancy or between the the men's and the women's uh, workout rooms for uh, <laughs> they had one weight rack, one small little weight rack. Where was this at? The uh, weight rack looked like looked was... like a nineteen eighties aerobics class <laughs> work, weight rack. <laughs> Josh, I was going to bring up Eric. You need to talk about that since you work with the women uh, basketball team. The NCAA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. was getting prison prep. That's man, a portable a weight weight thing. rack too, and they got a Costco. <laughs> table <laughs> that's like how you have. know that's how you know whatever so i want to go cheap there's a costco table somewhere <laughs> like a layout cot do they yeah it was like a cop for the uh they treatment i'm like for man, the treatment, they can't even cot. get a uh, they ain't got a bad a table no, bad yeah. table. no, no medical cot. table no nothing a real <laughs> they got a costco table with and a bunch a, of black yoga mats laid out on it and an army <laughs> surplus <laughs> cot the woman, the NCAA woman, looked like they were at war. <laughs> <laughs> The '80s, the '80s is a great place, man. I watched, I watched Beverly Hills Cop one last night, just based on nostalgia. That's what took me so long to hop on Call of Duty, Jared. I got on late because I was watching Beverly Hills Cop. Jackson kept Beverly Hills Cop is a good one. I turned on my system and went to go use the bathroom. I just wanted to charge with my controller, but then Beverly Hills Cop was on. I was like, I gotta watch this, and then I started Beverly Hills Cop two. It was a marathon. HBO got all the movies on it. I'm telling you, we gotta do our movie watching marathon for the Patreon, bro. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. The Brigitte Nelson was in it. What's the one when uh when Eddie Murphy walks into the bar and talks about how there's a new sheriff in town? Which movie that's is that? A, oh, that's a uh, Forty Eight hours. hours. That's that another. One that's the second one. That was another, another Forty Eight Hours. When he yelled, "There's a new." That was a great Wait, one. or was that the first one? Because he did that's... it. He did the bar scene twice. Right. That was the first one. Uh, the first one he did the bar scene. Yeah, he did. He in both movies he did the bar scene. Okay. Oh, okay. But in the first one, yeah, I think that was the one where he said it was a new sheriff in town. I like that. And that's all you need to say is there's a new sheriff in town. And then people are like, oh, I remember that movie. Yeah, that was yeah. the first one. Yeah, you're right. That was the first. Because the second one was when he shot the dude in the kneecap because Vic Nolte got the fight. You ain't the bar. got the balls to <laughs> do it. <laughs> and then he yeah. shot him in the kneecap. Yeah, so, and then sorry about the kneecap on his way out. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm in a bad goddamn mood. <laughs> that's what he said. He said, uh, You got the whole clip. I have been having a very bad day. Just got out of jail this morning. Already I have been shot at. I was on the bus that flipped over 17 times. A bitch tried to stab me in the bathroom. And somebody blew up my Porsche. I am in a bad goddamn mood. <laughs> Eddie can't do that anymore. He can't do that anymore. Eh? 
John Mike can't do that anymore. He did that in Coming to America, too. Come on, bro. He was over there. It's real sedentary. This whole because character in that movie is real. He wasn't as sedentary as Linnell was in that, that thing. I'm like, can she not walk? Yeah. And she did not stand up in any scene. Yeah, she's just sitting there looking lost the whole time. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like, is Linnell having some 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 uh, health issues? She couldn't stand up on the movie. Yeah, they needed oh. more Tracy Morgan, more Tracy Morgan in the movie. So I know what happened with Linnell. She had two knee surgeries. Okay. Oh, she did? Okay. Yeah. See, I figured I figured it was something because she did. She looked good. She looked like she was able to move, but she but she was sitting down every scene. And I'm like, you know, I was like, this did. I was like, yeah, she must, something must be wrong. Yeah, she had two knee surgeries. She talked about that on the breakfast call. Oh, okay. Okay. Dang, she had two knee surgeries? Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. Shoot, I, I was like, man, she's about 70 years old. Yeah. She is not that old. <laughs> she, man, she was, she was out there with all the original comedians. People don't know that. Well, Linnell, shout out to Linnell sponsorship. Come on our show. <laughs> Work on that soon. We're going we're gonna to get her on here. We're going to get Eddie Murphy on here, too. So we can talk about coming to America too with them, Aaron. Actually, I just want to get Wesley Snipes because I want to know like, like, where did he get his inspiration to be that Scottish African? You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> Would you book? want Wesley Snipes or Wesley Snipes in character? Because you know he's known to do character the whole time in the interview. You know, I don't I think know. I want him in character. I might, oh. I might like him in character, so we could have him. We get him in a, a what is it? What Joseph Balahi. A, General Butt Naked on here at the same time. That would be an interesting conversation. That is the, the fighters who used to fight naked. All right, well, uh, y'all ready to start the show? Yes. Sure. Nick, I need a letter. A letter? Yeah, just any letter. Alphabetic. Okay, um, N. N. Yeah. Ningum Poops, Necromancy, Needlelanders, Nuanced Negligence, Numeral. Lupita Nyong'o. That's an L, dude. Oh, oh the last name. Novolog. Nabalone Bakery. Novolog for my diabetes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and the Twitter. You can also check us out at the .com and check into our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash High Score 510. Aside from that, we are here with... Uh, this is Aaron Grayson, AG, also known as AG3, still moving slow because of the time change. Uh, uh, one day, one day as a society, we'll get smart and realize we don't need to change the time and let's just keep our bodies on the same clock. I don't have a problem waking up. I still wake up early, but I move slower and I stay up all night. We, my body is not adjusted to the late time part of it. I find myself not being tired enough and I'm wide awake at times that I'm normally knocked out in bed. All right, here's your sound bite. Why'd you run out on me? Because you're not quite evil enough. But it's true. You're quasi-evil. You're semi-evil. You're the margarine of evil. You're the Diet Coke of evil. Just one calorie, not evil enough. <laughs> and we are here with... Hey, it's everybody's friendly captain. The return of the Captain p uh, coming at you like uh, this fourth wave of coronavirus. Once I'm naked, no bullet can affect me. And we are here with our special guest today. Yeah, Nicholas Collins, um, 
hiker and founder of uh, 510 Hikers. Hey man, you know how Rambo won? He was David Little Puffy and then Rambo too. He got all shredded up. Yeah, that's kind of how you look right now. Oh. You know, yeah. not Rambo one, but two. Really? Yeah, when he was cut up. Well, I'm not that. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going for. But Come you know, on, dude. You more shredded than a Julian salad, man. And my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. You've had incredible success, and you've had it in a variety of fields, music, films, martial arts, pottery. How do you do it? What makes you tick? Uh, well, Bob, I'm a pawn Tony. Got my dillies on a pepper tank. I hear that. Well, we're here with Nick Collins, the founder of 510 Hikers. Uh, thank you for coming on with us today and joining us. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Tell us about 510 Hikers. What is it exactly? And then um, what is it that uh, inspired you to start it? You know, 510 Hikers, simply put, is, is a hiking group. And, um, you know, our mission is to encourage communities, um, especially of color, uh, to explore the outdoors and, and take advantage of all the health benefits um, hiking has to offer, uh, mind, body, and soul. What is the one thing about hiking that relates most to you or resonates most with you with like the mind, body, soul? What, what part? For me, it's body. Um, but I like that you said the one thing. I mean, hiking is, means so many things to so many different people uh, that there's, I can have 100 people, on, 100 people on, on a hike and I can ask each one of them why they came out that day and each one of them can give me a different answer and none of them will be wrong multiple reasons why people come out, uh, multiple needs. And, you know, again, we try to create a, an atmosphere that allows everyone's needs to be met through the hike. Okay. Awesome. What got you to start, start this group? Yeah. Well, you know, um, mid thirties and I'm getting a little slower and, you know, I'm not, uh, jumping out of bed as fast as I, as I could when, you know, as, as I was in my twenties and, um, I was living in Los Angeles and, you know, every, First of the month, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go back to the gym and start working out. And, you know, I'd get into the gym and it'd take me about 20 minutes to, to feel like I was overwhelmed by all the weights and all the people around and all the muscles. And I'm like, man, this isn't for me. Um, you must have not went to the NCAA women's gym then. No way. If you overwhelmed by that gym, then yeah, you dip your toes tell me in. That, go, man, I went to that gym. I was overwhelmed. Go to that W. Yeah, go to that NCAA gym. Went to that was no way you was gonna get overwhelmed. <laughs> you know, but but you know more than that, it was it was. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm in here. I'm lifting a little weights. You know, working on the biceps a little bit. Working on you know doing the the bench press and you know what else is there? You know, I just was kind of lost in it and. You know, a friend of mine out, invited me out to a to a hike um, out in Los Angeles, and I enjoyed myself. And it, it happened to be a time where I just was moving to the Bay Area, so things hadn't been crystallized uh, about the group yet. I just knew that hiking was something that I enjoyed doing. That gave me a little bit of um, exercise that w to work on on what had become a you know 280 pounds getting out of bed in the morning. So you know, I I invited a friend of mine, Joe Scott which I grew up with in, in, in Oakland to, uh, to a hike in Fremont. It's a, it's a hiking location called uh, Mission Peak. Mm -hmm. So uh, him and I hike up Mission Peak. And, I like Mission you know, Peak. A lot of people love it. It's, it's a great hike. There's uh, too many people there now. I'm, I like the back of the day. Now, I, I, now it's too Instagram friendly. I, I, I wish you see that. And I love that you said that because uh, when I first moved back to the Bay Area from living in LA for 20 years, um, and this was about seven years ago, then um, him and I hike up to the top of Mission Peak and we thought to ourselves, wow, there's a lot of people here, but there wasn't one African-American there. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is the Bay Area. Like, where are my people at? I thought to myself of all the reasons why they weren't there, all the reasons why 
you know, black people don't hike and don't get outdoors in, in that fashion. Uh, so it crystallized in that moment to say, hey, you know what? I know hiking pretty well. I know the Bay Area. I have a couple friends. Let's create a platform that encourages and invites people of color, especially to get outdoors and get active. How do you grow into like getting more African-American and people of color? I mean, you know, I, I used to say that, like, what are some of the methods you use? How do you get them to push past? I know for myself, my own family, like uh -huh. when I would call my family and be like, hey, I'm going on this hike, right? They would be like, oh, well, where are you going? Be safe, be this, you know, <laughs> all the fear hits my sisters yeah. and my mother in the head. Uh, good question. If you were to go on on the on the Five Ten Hikers Instagram and mm -hmm. just kind of take a, a look at some of the, the photos we have and see the size of the group that, that we have, we, we kind of take a little bit of the fear out of it. Fear of, am I going to be alone? Am I going to get lost? You know, because we have, uh, you know, it's set up to where one size helps reduce anxiety, the size mm -hmm. of the group. Knowing that we've been here for, you know, we've, we've been doing this for five, six years now, excuse me, six, seven years now, that that's helps reduce anxiety. There's a number of branches on the 510 Hikers tree that we use to, to help reduce that anxiety. You can think back past generations of Black people being in the woods. Do I really want to do that? You know, yeah. is that a smart idea? I, I look at a commercial of the North Face and I see who looks like they're hikers. They don't look like me. So mm. I ain't supposed to be here. Let me go to Planet Fitness or let me go to, you know, let me go to 20, 24 Hour Fitness or whatever. That's my place. It's a narrative that's been, uh, that's been embedded subtly, you know, through, through years and years and years, you know, by the system. So this Five Ten Hikers was about, hey, let's redefine the narrative. Let, let, let people of color know, especially that if they come out, then yeah, you're gonna be invited. You're gonna feel welcome. You're gonna feel, um, you won't feel lost. All the things that, that we know people of color feel that is the, the, the block between laying in bed on Saturday morning and showing up to a hike. It's getting in my car and driving to, you know, into the mountains. You know, that could be anxiety for mm -hmm. some people. Yeah, um, yeah. You want me to get in my car? I live in Oakland. You want me to get in the car and drive into the hills of Marin, you know, mm -hmm. where, you know, if my if my GPS isn't working, I might get lost. You know, yeah. that, that's a fear for a, a lot of people of color in, you know, in the in in nature. And that's a yeah. that's a fair fear to have. So, you know, we ask people to, to kind of, you know, have a little faith in us. You know, yeah. get out of your comfort zone. We're, we're challenging you to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. You know, it's the Truman Show, man. We're asking you to go to that door and see what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love hiking. I grew up um, not really hiking. I got into it more in high school. And so for me, like I go with my white friends named uh, Todd and Chip. And uh, we hike a fair amount, but uh, <laughs> Chip, dude. Todd is a friend. I ain't got no friend named Chip. He's just making that shit up. I said, Chip, no, Chip, don't do it. So none of us want to be the first brother that's attacked by a mountain lion or a, or a grizzly bear. So how do you, how do you explain nature and reality to people that's trying to learn these new things? Right. Well, uh, you know, I, and I, it's, it's another good, great question, and it's a it's a valid question to have because that's a question that 
you know, I often hear in the beginning of a hike and we're gathering everyone together and there's that one person who pulls me to the side and says, hey, you know, when I was going into the park, I saw a sign for mountain lions, you know, and cougars and, you know. Not the cougars, not the cougars, Jared. Be <laughs> oh, a beautiful not, night, cougar. Not the cougars out of, out of the Safeway in the Marina District of San Francisco. <laughs> oh, the cougars at the youth soccer games. <laughs> You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, hey, you know, some people need statistics. Some people need to know that we've been on hikes for seven years and and not one person has been eaten by a cougar. And that <laughs> if you're if you're out on a hike and you're with our group and there's a bear that's on a trail, all you need to do is not be the slowest person of the group. So, <laughs> well, well, you know what, that's, person, you're going to be okay. Yeah, I got a question about that. Yeah. I was thinking one of my sisters never gone hiking before. And this is my most unathletic sister, right? I mean, she was in good shape, but she never did it. She didn't play a sport. She didn't do any of that. So after she had three kids and gotten older, her job decides to go on a hike. So she's hiking with her job. And she uh, calls me because she's like, you're the only person I've ever gone on a hike. She calls me in the middle of the hike and was like, how do I get how do I get some of these white people to stop talking so damn much? I'm struggling to walk up this damn mountain, right? <laughs> and then she's like, at one point I have to tell her, I'm just not going to talk on this hike. I like you. It's nothing against you. I can't talk. I got to breathe, right? <laughs> the question is, what is the average size of the group? What's the largest size you ever had? And how do you handle people at different levels of energy, different levels of endurance, like our different levels of speed? Like, for example, Look, uh, I had some nerve damage in my back, so I walked like 50 yeah. cent right after he got shot now. <laughs> but I still, I like hiking, but I haven't gone as much. I had friends that invited me out hiking during this pandemic, and I'll be honest, I have not gone because right. I can't keep, like I said, I got a little limp now. Yeah. Man, you you hit the the, the tail on a donkey or whatever that colloquialism is. It's, I can't keep up. That That's a lot of the anxiety and the fear mm-hmm. that, that people have. And a lot of the, the the practical reason that they create as to why they don't come uh, that why they don't come up. Oh, I don't want to hold the group up, but you know, so on and so forth. Well, we have tools in place. Um, even before the hike, we designate multiple trail distances. You're right. Everyone isn't ready for a 12 mile hike. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna you, 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 and you might be able to survive that 12 that 12 miles on a hike if you went on a 12 mile hike, but. You may be laying in bed sore, you know, walking around like the Tin Man for the next four or five days that needs oil. What if you walking like the Tin Man before the hike, though? Uh, hopefully, it's right. the, hopefully it's Neil when he played Tin Man in the Wiz and not Common playing a bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we want to bend you, but we want to we don't want to break you. And I think that yeah. that plays a big role in terms of the success of, of of any exercise that someone who wants to get into exercise and be more active uh, should have on their checkbox. Hey. Can I do it without being sore for the next four days? Mm-hmm. So again, the tool in place that we like to create is again, multiple distances, a distance for the beginners and a distance for you know the veterans. In addition to that, we try to, to articulate in the beginning of the hike that, hey, this is, you, it's your pace, um, it's your distance, um, it's your reason for coming out here. So yeah, there's 150 people at this hike. You know, I think a couple of weeks ago, we had 150 people out you know, letting them know that they can go as fast or slow as they want. There's no, there's no medal for coming in first place on this hike. It's important for people to, to know that they can go on their own pace. That, that is another, you know, thing that reduces people's anxiety. Let, let's talk about your, your, your sister now. Your sister says, hey, I'm on this hike, bunch of white people talking to me. They walking up this hill like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm hurting. I'm hurting out here. Hey, we've been there. I heard that. I've experienced that myself. Um, knowing that 
you're coming to a height that maybe has people that are from your own neighborhood in yeah. your own community, I think that helps too. You know, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Laughing in her face wasn't a good thing to do. Was that? <laughs> so me laughing in her face wasn't a good thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> laughing in her face wasn't a good thing to do. Um, so for, for such a long time, you know, when it came to hiking, so many African-Americans feel like one, they either have to either go hike alone or two, they got to abandon their friends and go, you know, go connect with their white friends in order to go hiking. And, oh. and five to hikers worked to give you an opportunity to go hike, to go explore, to have the, the, the benefits of hiking while not having to leave your, you know, leave your community to do it or leave your, leave your friends behind. Um, or, you know, even if you left your friends behind, you, you knew that you would go to the hike and maybe meet new friends that maybe look like you that, you know, again, reduces anxiety when you go to a place and there's people that actually look like you there. Yeah. How, uh, how many how many Africans usually hike with you? Because I want to know this. So in case I go on a hike, I, I need to know, is there enough people there to carry me out of there like Ashley Judd? <laughs> right. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we may have had 80, 90 people uh, yesterday on a hike. We went out to wow. knock. Uh, <laughs> I, I had no idea it would be that deep. Yeah. No, again, uh, the, the week before we were in Oakland, we maybe had about 150 people out. Wow. Um, so, oh, well, shoot, you so don't have to worry about bears because bears and lions, they're not going to run up on that. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> no, they're not. They're going to feel the ground yeah. shaking. They're going to be like, man, yeah. we out of here. Out of here. Yeah. You know what I like to bring up? One of my. Uh, here we go. I, was about, I knew this was coming. What? One of my. Go ahead and say it. I go on my hikes for my protection to feel comfortable as I bring my Danny Trejo, my Trejo, and my Tomahawk. And I he make brings sure. He brings the most dullest machete you ever seen in your life. <laughs> like if he was a... cutting sugar cane with that, it felt like this. If he was cutting, if, if, if they had that machete in the Dominican Republic, there would be no diabetes in the United States because we wouldn't have no damn sugar. So to answer that question, however, about um, how many African-Americans you know, come out of each hike, I, I, it, I, it ends up being about... 70% African-American on each oh, hike. Mm -hmm. um, and the group started out primarily as an African-American hiking group. You know, but yeah. we, you know, we, we've evolved and, um, you know, we, we find ourselves being as inclusive as, you know, as, we, yeah. it, it's possible. Again, if you, if you look at any photos of ours on Instagram or Facebook, you see like we are a rainbow and that speaks to the content of character of like the group. But we also let people know, you know, this isn't going to be a gentrified group now. All right. This group, is was created for black people is led by black people and is is uh black people centered so having said that if you do if you do choose to come and partake in hikes with our team and our group and our tribe then know who you're going to be with yeah and we have an amazing amount of of great non you know african-americans whether it be white asian all across the board uh that we wouldn't be the same without them. So we, I'm, I'm happy that they're that they they hike alongside us sort of each week. We're a better group because of them. Mm -hmm. What are some of the places around the Bay Area? A couple of hikes that you highly recommend people that are that maybe hidden gems that people might not know about or good day hiking. A great option for me and, and just a gold mine is is Marin County. Uh, yeah. Marin County is a gold mine of hikes. It has the ocean, it has the green. It's where Muir Woods is. So many trails out there, but one one in particular that I like to do is um, parking at the Panto Racer Station um, right there in Marin, um, off Imperial Highway. Uh, there's a parking lot there, and from the parking lot you can take uh, a coastal trail, and that coastal trail uh, starts out in the woods, 
but eventually you are hiking along a ridge that, you know, to the right of you is the forest and to the left of you is the, is the ocean. Mm -hmm. So, you know, man, I mean, you get the, you know, the ocean vibes. It's, it's outdoors. It's, you, you get the vitamin D, you, you know, you like, it's a mini vacation. You think to yourself, man, this is not the Bay area. So that's, that's a, a 30 minute drive. That's a 35 minute drive from say Lake Merritt. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny. I said it because a lot of these hikes that we, a lot of these places we go to, uh, and we, after the hike, we'll post uh, pictures of the hike. We know we'll get those comments online. Where is this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, this is 20 minutes away from the house. Okay. This isn't that far. So in fives and hikers, does a great job of like posting where the hike was posting trail maps that we, that we use on the hike. So that even if you don't come with us, you know, fives and hikers, you know, is, is inspiring, you know, people of color, especially to, you know, decrease um, the level of anxiety and increase the level of interest and you know you know what what happens when they when that what happens when we start hiking more well you know we start talking about the value the values of hiking um and it more than the fact that it's just a great cardio option i mean yeah. again, when we talk about mind body and soul i'm just talking about the, the the body portion of it but we're talking about the the mind portion of it we're talking about the release of endorphin the re release of oxytocin i mean you know studies have shown that uh, endorphin and, and oxytocin are, are two hormones in the brain that are released when you're out in nature. And those are, you know, the love hormones. That's the, the feel good hormones. What happens when you go back home and, you know, your, your, your husband, or your wife is, is maybe stressed from being at, at home, you know, the whole day, but you filled up with oxytocin. Hey, baby, it's going to be okay. How's that? You know, let's go out to lunch. You know, so we're, we're like, we're the start of it. We're, we're, we're planting the seed of like good feelings and, and, and love in our community through the hikes. And then mm -hmm. we're hopefully we're having people taking it home to their families and to, into their neighborhoods and let it spread. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why Aaron keeps his women inside. So I stopped going on hikes because last time I went on a hike with an ex-girlfriend, it went all bad. Yeah. Oh, hey, <laughs> it did not repair that relationship. She chose the dips, the deep sea route, deep sea route over there in Marin. And, and, and we hit it at the wrong point, right? Like I like to, I ain't gonna lie. I like to do my hikes where when I got the most energy, I like to start low and go high. I don't want to yeah. end going high. I want to end. She started the wrong way. We started high, went low. Then she was using it as a way of working out. And see me, yeah, I was yeah. going to the gym every day. So I'm like, I, this ain't a workout. This is, I'm, it was like off of a, it rained the nights before. So you had all the smells, the ferns yeah. were out, all of yeah. that. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm trying to take my time, smell shit, you know, and do the usual. Yeah. And she over here trying to, you know, get a get burn in and a sweat. And it was yeah. all bad. If it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't for us finding soul food that day, that's how I found it, Jared. That day, that, that worst <laughs> hike ever, soul food in, in San oh, Rafael. You know it it would have been an all bad day. Yeah, that is an after that's an after hike spot we love to go to. Oh yeah, no doubt. That's a soul food sponsorship. Come on our show. But let me give you guys a, a local hike though. Walking Miller Redwood Regional. I like walking. Amazing parks. Mm -hmm. uh, one trail in particular that I like. If you don't want to end up um, hiking with the, you know, you, you don't want to end up parking at 1030 in the morning there and having the entire parking lot full because everyone's out hiking. Off El Camino Mountain Boulevard <laughs> is, uh, is the start of a trail. It's Palos Colorado's trail. Again, it's right off Mountain Boulevard. I've done that one. That is a great one. I took my that, dog on that one. Trail, right? That it goes is. right into it goes right into Joaquin Miller Park. I mean, there's trees, it's green, it's it's, it's within that canyon. Yeah. It's a great trail. But everyone doesn't know that trail. And Hey, I might get in trouble from the locals by sharing that trail because for, for so many of them, that's a hidden gem. 
Yeah, um, but certainly that that that's certainly one. That and um, you know, EB mud passes aren't hard to get. Uh, if you were to go to the EB Mud uh, website, Watershed website, it's not hard to pay like ten dollars. You get a year pass, and then you get to access to a, a number of additional trails that aren't available for the general public, which mm. allows you to hike with some friends without feeling like you have to dodge, you know, the onslaught of you know hike rookies that yeah. are you know walking um, walking the, the, okay. the trails these days. Is this a good way to meet new people? I love I'm, it. I'm starting. I'm starting to see. Like as I look at the pictures and everything, it seems like you can you can probably meet just just by you being here. I can see you're level minded. Actually, with the very first thing you said, like you was talking about the anxiety and stuff at the gym, I was like, dang, he took that right out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, okay, maybe we can meet like minded people this way. People have met on the on the on the trails with five tonight because have gotten married. People have gotten. Um, right. People have had babies, not on the trail, but they met and then had babies later. Well, Aaron, would, Aaron, would, Aaron would try to make a I'll baby. see them on that trail. There's one guy here that somehow can see five babies on one trail. His name is Jason Derulo Grayson. Uh, uh, I, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he had the energy because he was walking. No, man. People have met and traveled the world together. I mean, there's people that I've met on these trails that I'll know the rest of my life. Yeah. And not every one of them are is going to be my friend for the rest of my life. Right. Not everyone in the group even likes me, you know. Yeah. You know that, 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 that's perfectly. I don't good. like everybody on this show, so it's perfect. <laughs> there we go. And I don't like everyone on 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 the trail specifically. But <laughs> think about it, that ends up being such an enriching part of the group that's so beyond uh, just hiking on the trail. Because the truth of the matter is, you're not coming back to us because we showed you a trail you liked. You're not coming for that. Yeah. You're coming because you know. You know, my buddy Raymond, you know, King, who's probably the best trainer in the Bay Area and gives up his Saturday morning because he wants to be connected with the group. Is that um, a circus king, is it? That's it. That's exactly what it is. Circus go yeah. with you? Oh, I got to come now. I know circus yeah. from school. Man, circus <laughs> That's my boy, small circus. Yeah. That's small world. He's a legend, man. And, and, and like, yeah, like said, it's a small world. You know, yesterday we're on the trails, and before the trails um, start up, we, we we break up in these little groups for two, three minutes, and we say, hey, we got groups of six, seven people. Uh, we want to find one thing we have in common between the six and seven people that, that are that are in each group, okay? So two, three minutes later, we find out, you know, hey, we went to this school together, or hey, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're all from here, we're all from there, and and, and I, I try, we try to promote this whole idea that, you know, it is a smart world. We're, we're more connected than people think, and this isn't like mm -hmm. be on a BART train and everyone has their headphones on, you know, on their phone and no one talks to anyone. And it, matter of fact, if you talk to someone, you might think, it, the people might think that you're a weirdo. You know, we promote, you know, camaraderie and 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 connection. It's, it's social connection. The reason why I come to Five Tonighters isn't because of the trails. It's because of the, the social connection of it all. I see. I see, man. Yeah, man. You mentioned that. I, I was just thinking about Circus mm -hmm. the other day. Oh, yeah. man, he was cool as hell, man. I wonder what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah hey, every Saturday morning, man, you'll see him right alongside, you know, the, the fastest uh, people on the trails and the slowest people all along me. The guy is just a solid human being. So he is. You know, he's one of those great people that you got to have in your life. And those are, the, you know, guys like him are the, the pillars of, our, of the, the regulars now, the, the regular hikers that come out week after week. Faces change, you know, people come and go. Um, but the culture of five seven hikers is one of people like, you know, Raymond King, or I can name, you know, Joe Scott, I can name great people that are solid individuals that make you want to like, I want to know you. I want to be yeah. your friend. We, we say, hey, if you come to the hike with 100 people and you haven't made a new friend by the time you get to your car, you've lost out. Yeah, there's some, 
That's what I feel like. I just I had one of the Cody or Cody Cut. What is it? I can't get it out. Cutty Hold corner on, that's shout amazing. out. Too eager. Too eager to say. Cutty corner shout out was one of uh, was one of my cutty corner shout outs. Was trying to meet people and trying to be find like minded people, and it's something difficult to do because I'm in the trucking industry. And you also in Arizona. And, I don't know how the hell you're yeah, in there. Arizona. So, <laughs> but you know, just trying to meet like minded people. I never thought of you know hiking or going out in these groups to try to change the narrative I, you know i'm stuck in my own little box yeah. i don't like getting out that much so aaron you, you you talked about hiking with a girlfriend one time right and i tell people all the time like hey bring a woman to a to a mountain and go hike up a mountain with her and you'll get to know her real quick y yes and, uh, <laughs> yes yes you know, that's like a great, that sounds like a great hey, day hey, same for women take your man out you know i, I tell women all the time mm. take your man out bring him up a hill and see how he acts halfway up a hill with a little bit of sweat forming on his forehead Mm -hmm. See if he's still, see if he's still suave. See if he's still got good conversation skills. You that's when that. I pull out my machete and start. <laughs> exactly. That's when, that's when they run away from Jared. Like, okay, this motherfucker, <laughs> this motherfucker bought a machete to a hike around Joaquin Miller Park. <laughs> we have Woody here. We're getting into some sports. And uh, uh, Woody from Sports Wagon Podcast, calling from the East Coast, is uh, blessing us with his presence. Woody, you're calling in to help give us a little bracket update because it is March Madness. What can you tell us about March Madness and what's going on? Well, well first of all, thanks for having me on again, guys. Uh, it's always good to be on and uh, good to talk to y'all. Um, so, <laughs> to be real with you, um, if you've done brackets, the vast majority of you, your brackets are fucked at this point. <laughs> um, hopefully you know that uh, uh, Illinois lost today. They lost to their crosstown rival, Loyola Chicago. That's mm. fun. Texas lost last night. There were three seed. Virginia went down last night, four seed. Um, for me, two of my four Final Four participants are done. So that would be Illinois and Texas. So um, if you're in a, a bracket pool, they do have some um, second chance competition. So I would definitely jump on that. But for the most part, um, it's truly living up to March Madness because, you know, teams are going down. So uh, the only two uh, was you got uh, Baylor. I think they're winning right now. Gonzaga's left and Michigan's left. So uh, they're saying Michigan's the next vulnerable number one seed. I'm kind of hoping that. I would like to see Michigan get to the Final Four. But right now it's still really Gonzaga tournament to, to win at this point unless they run to a bad game or buzzsaw or something happening. I think Gonzaga – could finish the season 32-0 and and win this thing. So Gonzaga looks like they're the one seed with the clearest path to a title right now. I think they're the number one overall seed, and they've been the best team all season. So, I mean, mm. uh, I don't really see much stopping Gonzaga except Gonzaga, to be real with you. Okay. Yeah, my final four is still intact, Woody, unless uh, Syracuse ma happens to make the game so unwatchable against West Virginia right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I thought the score was like 11-2. I'm going, unwatchable, unwatchable. I beat Jim Bay high and all his <laughs> dumb thoughts and opinions to retire and get, take two threes on with him. I've become less and less of a Jim Beheim fan over the years. I was really uh, happy when he finally won a title because he was the guy that just was just kept getting – Yeah, yeah he never got one. And he finally got, I mean, he was basically – the lefty Drizel, post lefty Drizel, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, now he got one. Now he just 
I mean, he went off on some um, a reporter a few weeks ago. Like, the reporter made some little joking comment. And then, of course, he's being an asshole. Like, oh, well, I guess it took some guy who's never played basketball who's five foot two to tell me how to coach. And I've been coaching yeah. for 40 years. I'm going to fuck off. Get out of here. He goes know? off Come on everybody. He went off on a reporter, went off on the kid from Duke who decided not to play no more. He went off on when someone complained about COVID. That was another coach. He's just that old man at the end of the bar now that complains. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me he's the um, the college basketball equivalent of Steve Zabin? Come on. <laughs> at least, at least he used to like recruit good offensive players, and then you know, and then sit them back in his own. So at least they were fun to watch on one end of the court. But now it's like, man, it's just a horrible game to watch. Whenever they're there, it's fine when they're in their 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 conference because teams are used to it. They can still score on it, but when they get in a tournament, it's just like, oh my god! Well, it's yes. funny with with, with Bayheim, him being in, uh, you know, being in a tournament. They're usually a pretty dangerous team in the tournament. And again, it's their defense. It's not so much the two three. Most teams know how to operate with a two. And most teams, you understand the basics. If you know the spacing and mm-hmm. where to attack, you can attack a two three with no problem. It's the press that gets you. Virginia is a big recipients of this a few years ago they were in the elite eight they had that shot to go to the final four they had like a big lead on syracuse syracuse put a pressure on them and they didn't know how to handle it and they fell apart so syracuse hit you with that pressure i'm surprised right now that syracuse is beating west virginia considering these are two really good defensive teams but to be fair syracuse shoots the ball very well buddy Beheim, his son hey he's a good kid he can shoot he can actually play he's not Hey, he's on the team because he's the coach's son. He yeah. actually can play basketball. He's really good. Nick, do you have a uh, do you have a bracket? I don't have a bracket, but I, I'm I'm interested in in the fact that over the past couple of years, upsets are becoming more normal in, mm-hmm. in, in this sense that it's as wide open as ever, and I like yeah. that. That's something that I've, I've talked to Aaron about. Is uh, and Woody, you might have a take on this too. Is the fact that you have the one and done rule in the NBA. Um, so you have a lot of freshmen who are coming in and, and only playing one year and then trying to get to the draft. And nowadays it's it's one and done's versus a lot of teams. These small teams end up having, uh, you know, saying third and fourth year players um, yeah. versus a lot of freshmen in their younger stars because they're the guys who they recruited to be there and play versus the guys who have been there four years at these other programs who are seniors and have have the experience on them. So I, I don't know, Aaron, you want to speak on that at all? Well, I, I, I think it's true. I think that's what's linked to the upsets that you get these guys who teams that have like a solid core that's played together for three years versus versus a team that has the better players and NBA ready players, but they're 19 by the time the tournament starts. And I, I mean, the last few years, like you've seen teams like like Kentucky, right? They have number recruiting class, a lot of first round draft picks, and they have one title to show for it. And look at how bad they play in the tournament. Me and you were talking about that, Jared where Devin Booker might be the only one that played well in the tournament, right? Mm. He was on that team with Carl Anthony Towns, and they all played. They got done in by the Frank Kaminsky team. Frank right? Kaminsky and that Wisconsin team, you know. That Frank was older. Cement and they them well. Kaminsky. Like, even the year that Kentucky did win it, they had, like, Anthony Davis had a hell of a tournament, not scoring, rebounding and blocking every shot, almost averaging 10 blocks a game, but – uh, and even Duke, Duke, he they, they got that one title they won with their one and done players, but that, it took a lot of one and done players to get it. I I, I don't know. It, it, again, you you've got so much that's happening in college basketball that these kids are not going to all the traditional powers. I mean, you look at this season, 
the ACC, there was no, there were no ACC players nominated for any of the major awards. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, usually you have at least one ACC player that is on the Wooden list, the Naismith list, whatever. So the conference, uh, the conference power shifts every season, but this year it was squarely uh, Big 12, Big 10, SEC were like your three better conferences. Uh, even the Pac-12 even slid in there a little bit. They were playing some good basketball this season. I mean, Oregon State, who knew? I mean, they just blew me away. Um, they played in the uh, – they were picked to finish 11th in the conference. They won the tournament. They beat the bricks off of Colorado. And I think they won uh, – Yeah, the, they won the, the first round. The of the day. Yeah. Like, who knew, you know? It, it's it's a, it's a lot of things that that could attribute to it, but I think it's the fact that the talent is being spread out across a lot of different uh, uh, schools and conferences. Yeah, AAU money. The coaches sending the kids different places, but man, they pay us the most on the table over here. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, Woody, what's 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 one thing we should look out for? You know, because well, this is going to be out on Friday, but um, what's something that that people need to you know keep in mind for the rest of the tournament? Just kind of looking at this. I mean, so. Illinois lost to, as I said, Loyal Chicago. And um, like I said, the Ramblers, they went to the Final Four a few years ago. I'm not saying they're going to go back, but, I mean, if they took down Illinois, and like I said, they had to go all the way to Indianapolis to play their crosstown rival, I think Loyal Chicago, they're looking like they could make that run again. And um, But it's all going to depend on who they're going to come up against. Because right now, like you, as we talked about, the Syracuse game, I'm looking at the score. I mean, they've doubled up West Virginia. This is about to get out of hand if West Virginia doesn't do something quickly. Um, but it, it, it's still really up in the air. I mean, like I said, right now, I, I still got Baylor. I still got Gonzaga, although I don't have Baylor getting to the Final Four. That's just me. Um, so the only thing I can say is, you know, uncertainty is going to rule the day until we know what's going to happen with these games. That's that's really the best thing I can yeah. say because I'm looking at my bracket and I'm just going, eh, I don't know who's making this anymore. You got to believe this. Somebody in our bracket who's got Loyola winning the whole thing. Come on. Really? Marshawn. Marshawn okay. Marshawn Marshawn got Loyola winning my, the whole my thing. My question is, Sister Jean's story, cute, still cute, or getting old and she's clout chasing? It's it's interesting. I, I mean, don't say a nun is cloud chasing. So so look, look, she's 101 years old. Clearly, someone who's 100 years old, you might want to listen to him because I don't know if you saw the prayer that she gave today. Prior, because she's the team chaplain. Prior to today's game, she gave a prayer, and somebody goes, you know, they showed it on the screen, and someone goes, "That isn't a, that's not a prayer. This is like a, a scouting report." <laughs> <laughs> so she might know her basketball. She yeah, knows her basketball. Clearly, she knows something. And, and, <laughs> and to be a hundred one year old, survive COVID to make it to a game. Yes. If you think about it, she's one hundred one years old. This is COVID. And she probably was around during. during she was during, a baby uh, during the Spanish flu. She survived two pandemics. To and watch the Great Depression. No, three. What's the third one? Mumps. Mumps and measles oh, I, was a pandemic. I thought you, I, man, see, you said that was the third one. I thought you said the third one was Drake's music. <laughs> Cutty Corner Shoutouts, Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Cutty Corner Shoutouts is the segment we end the show with where everyone gets a chance, they get the floor to rant, complain, or highlight something positive, but discuss whatever is going on in their mind. Um, Cutty Corner Shoutouts, Cutty Corner Shoutouts. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time.
Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I do. My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to the cable industry. I'm still paying this huge bill. And meanwhile, every company is breaking off and the streaming wars are really, really starting to get interesting. We have Paramount now entering the game, Paramount Plus, which offers, which has a deal with NFL. So you're going to get live football games, but it's only AFC. Don't just jump on it yet. Cable, I'm still paying this huge price because you have great internet. But my, my main thing go out to them because it's now March Madness, it's Final Four. I go to work, you know, I take an iPad with me. I'm like, oh, I could do my work and have March Madness on my desk on the other side of my desk. And when I log on through my Xfinity.com account, it tells me that I can't watch the game. I have to be in my house to watch the game. So part of my service is that I get this streaming platform. Why would I want to use it if I'm just sitting in my house all the time? I want to use it elsewhere. And it tells me I couldn't watch the game because I was streaming. Found a back door to it though. If you go to ncaa.com and you, it'll ask you what cable company you're with and you just click on that with your login there and then you can watch it. But, but it's like, man, I got this app, you sold me on it. And this goes back to the Dolans who the US government should have filed an anti-monopoly antitrust and anti-monopoly case and shut this down but no we let them get too powerful the dolans and then what do we get now we get people that can't stream can't stream a game while he's at work and patch ewing unable to get into the goddamn garden and it's all because of jim dolan got spike lee getting told he got to go outside after his ticket gets scanned knowing that he ain't gonna let him back in pedro do you have a cutty corner shout out yeah my cutty corner shout out goes out to Spring breakers. Um, look, I know you want to get out. You've been through this pandemic. You want to get out. You want to camp. You want to, you've been in drone crates. You've been in that side of the house. Understand that. But when you're looking for a park or you're looking for a campsite, uh, could you please research that campsite? And I want to, I want to also give a kind of corner shout out to uh, counties that are allowing their camps to be fully open. Yesterday, I spent an hour and 20 minutes driving through a country road because everybody named Mama was camping. So can't do nothing else. So we all gonna go camping and get COVID. Part four. So it, this, is, this is my quick little quarter, quick cutting core. I can't say it no Man, more. My, my sugar Oh, that my sugar was hot. <laughs> <laughs> My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to the shooter in Atlanta who targeted massage parlors for his own need to get rid of his sexual addiction. Um, it was a sad situation in Atlanta that happened this weekend. We were talking about racism last week on my Cutty Corner shout out and how it was all over the place. And we had a bad week of racism and it only got worse with an Atlanta gunman who went and killed eight people in Atlanta in the Atlanta area. Uh, six of whom were Asian women, and he targeted uh, multiple uh, massage parlors. But that's not where my cutty corners, because that's that's easy. You know, we already talked about that. Aaron, I talked to you though this week about something else that was really frustrating me. Yeah. And then, and, and this extends my cutty corner shout out not just the shooter and the person and the, the evil of the white supremacy that uh, that his 
uh, justification or his rationale or the explanation of why he did what he did apparently by the by the you know captain or the the police chief of the area at the time you know plays yeah. into the white supremacy of you know trying to find reasons and justifications why somebody would ha act out in such a heinous way instead of just calling them a heinous person and treating them as such um also goes out to my people of color especially my black brethren who are taking the time to put out there on social media and it's not somebody I personally know, but to put out there on social media, uh, tweets and other, you know, memes and things uh, saying, don't ask me to be standing in uh, solidarity when Asian people have been doing this to black people around the world or done this to black people here, there and the other. Asian people are being silent during our time. Now they want us to help co-op their their uh, stop Asian hate. Don't ask me. I ain't going to be there. And, and, and part of me understands why somebody would be like, don't don't try and use us you know, as a stepping stone or don't, don't ask us for help now. Don't ask us for solidarity now in the case of like, you know, black people, you know, being basically the co-signers of, of being able to substantiate what, when something is, is racist or when something is unequal and, and unequitable towards the people, black people are the ones who you go to, like, you, you know, we are the litmus test. We are the standard of a lot of things, a lot of things that we don't, we'd rather not be the standard of, but in this case, I just don't see the point of, making these statements and me being half Chinese, I might have different sensitivities about it and it might hit me a different way. But it also, um, it also, I also understand like, this is not the time to be throwing out shade about why, what Asian people have done. Basically just because you're talking about Asian people as a whole. And I know that as a black person, we don't enjoy being classified as just black people representing all black people. But to be throwing that stuff out now is, is classifying our Asian American brethren or our, our other American citizens that are, are a marginalized class, albeit maybe they're in a better location of the marginalization to be in, to be able to live the American dream. They're still part of our, one of the marginalized classes. And in America's system of capitalism, these marginalized groups, these classes of people need to have a, a semblance of solidarity. And we are never going to overthrow or uproot white supremacy in this country if we are playing the game and playing the notes of white supremacy, which is us playing tit for tat, us not finding the intersectional values or intersectional uh, uh, experiences that we are subject to in this white supremacist system, right? We will not be able to uproot that and overthrow that if we are out here still fighting each other because that is exactly what they want. The, the playbook of colonization, Divide and conquer. That is in their playbook. Right now, if you are online throwing out shade to Asian Americans, I've seen plenty of Asian Americans who stood in solidarity. I've seen plenty of Asian Americans who went out to marches. I've seen plenty of Asian Americans who have stood by and collaborated in our past. If you want to go back to history, have collaborated. And if you want to go back in further history, like you want to look at the war-torn countries that a lot of these Asian Americans are coming from and the situations they're coming from, yes, there's reasons why they behave a certain way in this society because they're coming from a different situation that we are not coming from. So we have to extend that understanding. But we also need them, we need them to understand their role in, in, in this system. We need to understand our role in the system. And if we're going to sit here and just instead throw shade at each other and try and nitpick each other, we're playing into the colonizers game. And all we're going to do is f stay further apart. As long as we do it that way, we are, will always be subject to the man system, to the colonizer system. I don't know, man. I'm just going off. But well, some, people, some people don't understand, Jerry, you know, in the race and the race against uh, supremacy and, and oppression that 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 the system is designed. So so some people don't have to run as long as we keep tripping over each other.
Yeah. And then and then and then they don't understand that and they think that tripping over each other is us trying to get back our equality or something. And it's like we over here tripping each other up as people of color or or marginalized or poor white or or uh you know women yeah. or or you know people in the LGBTQ. Yeah. You know, we don't understand as long as we keep tripping each other or or keep getting jealous of each other of what they got and and what this person are or policies being pushed for them and, and we're not uplifting each other, we still gonna lose this race by a lot to someone that's not even running. And that movie, the Judas and the Black Messiah, you know, crystallized it in a lot of ways that I think uh, is important for people to see now currently. I, I even watched the butler, the butler was interesting too. Butler was, um, yeah. It was a good, solid movie. It's interesting. It's like it's like what what pri- how do you prioritize you know saying black equality or gaining you know saying uh, black efficacy in America and self actualization and there's yeah. different models you can take and I think every model provides something important to it um, and each model might have its faults and its shortcomings um, but that's where we got to stop thinking that one way has to be the right way. We gotta start finding ways that they that they coalesce and come together and work together to create one big momentum and one big movement. Anyways, that is our show, my friends. That is our show. Thank you for listening to the show. Aaron, any final words you got? Uh, no, I have no final words today. Just uh, stay safe as usual. All right, yeah, yeah. Hey, y'all, y'all take care, stay safe out there. Keep, keep up with this Cardi B and this Candace Owens feud that's no, going on. No, you ain't got to keep up with that. Um, it's about as ignorant as can be. And I, uh, I don't know what's going on. I ain't going to look up none of it. <laughs> uh, it's so stupid. It's pretty dumb. But at the same time, I was like, man, this is getting this is getting good. They're about to get sued. They're about to sue each other over over false tweets, apparently. It's tight. Anyways, um, uh, also, second Cutty Corner shout-out goes out to Fantasy Basketball League for being a bunch of suckers vetoing my trade and then allowing the best team in the league to make trades and be like, okay with it. It don't make no damn sense. Y'all some haters. And and rolling lockouts is still in effect, so be ready. Uh, aside from that, uh, take care, y'all, and stay healthy, and we will leave you with this. Joe, this time they go with backup. You got it. Come on, you guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going anywhere. Simon says you gotta go. I'm not jumping through hoops for some psycho. That's a white man with white problems. You deal with it. You know, not knowing what to bring is a, you know, adds to the level of anxiety. How much water do I bring? What, do I need hiking sticks? Do I need those, those sorts of things? Those are all things that African-Americans typically aren't, haven't been educated on. Our yeah. parents weren't hikers. So we, we didn't see them. We didn't see the gear. We didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, there was, so, no yeah. Re, there was no REI where me and Pedro grew up only sloths and swap meat. <laughs> yeah. let, me tell you, let me tell you, you try to hike in that shit. <laughs> they, 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 they swap meat buying hiking boots at the swap meet. Nobody, <laughs> nobody had no you find some deals. They ain't had no camel packs. You might walk out with an icy. Man, you, you <laughs> yeah. get some hiking shoes out of sloth and swipe, swap me. The thread libel will come out. Some Uggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hey, so yeah, we'll, we'll be on your um on your your checklist of essentials for for a hike with five one zero hikers. Good question. But, yeah. Shoes with traction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leave them cute Nikes that that you just bought last week at home. Okay. I think that's. Getting- I'm sorry. I think that's something that's that's super key 
that I think a lot of people don't realize is the importance of quality, sturdy hiking shoes can make a world of difference in your experience. So That's number right. one is shoes. Hiking with a good pair of shoes is like going to the, the softball game with that good Eastern bat, you mm -hmm. know, that you want to have a pop in it, that yeah. with a pop in it, man. Or, or you show up, you show up one of them bats from the 70s and 80s that's just a piece of metal with a piece of rubber wrapped around it as a handle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ain't got no yeah. pop, <laughs> it just vibrates. Your shoe, your shoe attire is huge, and it's something that, that I certainly promote. You know, we have partnerships. Um, you know, we have a sports basement in the Bay Area that that provides the discounts for five ten hikers, and have been, um, you know, when they come in to get shoes, and and they have been huge, you know, uh, players and and participants um, in in five five ten hikers developing. So um, yeah, shoe game is huge. Shoes with traction, um, you know, bring a couple of snacks. Um, snacks are are, are important because you, you may have had a good breakfast, but five miles into the hike, man, that breakfast been worn off. Worn off, yeah. Right, you know, so uh, uh, bring a couple of snacks, man. A couple of high energy snacks um, that that can give you, you know, some 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 quick transfer into that, you know, your bloodstream that, to help you, you know, uh, get back to the car. You know, water. I always see uh, the people out, and I, I notice when I'm looking at newbies who's hiked before, who hasn't, and typically what I see with someone who hasn't hiked before will maybe be that one sixteen ounce bottle of water that they bring. Yes, yeah. Five. You know, like oh. that's not gonna work. Let me come with me. I'm gonna get you a, a couple of bottles of water. Yeah. Um, you wanna have that, at least 32 ounces. At least 32 ounces. Man, man 32. I'm carrying 128 ounces on me. But I, I want, I'll carry 128 ounces to walk the lake. And, and and how about this? How about this? How about high, how about teaching our community to hydrate the night before or the morning of the hike so that you know Mm. By the by the time you're dehydrated, uh, drinking a a cup of water isn't gonna be like your best bet. Um, because if you're hiking in, in, in the immediate moment, that water is just going to go and sit in your stomach. So, yeah. you know, what happens if you, if we, if we put a little salt in your, uh, in your system though. So if you do drink water, that salt can be, the salt helps absorb the water, or, you know, maybe we do some electrolytes. Maybe you bring a, a, a thing of, um, of, you know, just Gatorade, Powerade, something like that, which is yeah. more beneficial than a cup of water. You, you have a 10 mile uh, run at, at a, you know, the, the local park and, you know, you see halfway through the the race, the the tables that have the cups of water and juice and stuff in them. The, you know, most of those are filled with electrolytes in them, as opposed to just water cups. Yeah. So, you know, um, again, it's about educating them. Educating also means, you know, not having people overdo it. I've had people come with with full meals. You know, uh, they near a tent in their backpack. You know, like, we're going to be done in about two and a half hours, man. You, you know, this 40-pound bag, you don't need. You I know, brought the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's leave some of this stuff in the car, all right? Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, we try to do it in a friendly and, and, and loving manner because, you know, hey, some people don't know. And, and you know, this is a learning experience for so many people. And it's, it's a blessing to to share that that information with them because we know that, you know, they're going to enjoy their hike if, they have shoes with traction. They have the, the, the right, you know, um, hydration. They have snacks. It's just, you know, it's like, I'm going to go play tennis. I don't have a tennis racket. Oh, you need a tennis racket if you want to go play tennis. You want to enjoy tennis, get a tennis mm -hmm. racket. Then come to the, come to the, if yeah. you want to enjoy hiking, bring your water, bring your shoes, bring your snacks. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Definitely. So snack, uh, so shoes, number one, snacks and hydration uh, are also key on there. A machete and a tomahawk, four and five.